You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Life Groups Minister, Del Matthews. Michael said, my name's Del, Del Matthews, and I'm the Life Groups Minister here at St. John's, and it's been really great to worship with you again here in the, in person, in the building, and also online. If you're joining us online, it's been great to be back again. And as also, as Michael said, we're into our summer series. We're looking at the life of Solomon, King Solomon, and this morning we're talking about building. There's a number of programs on TV that centre around building. And I think one of the longest running programs of all is Grand Designs. Now, it started in the UK and the idea is that it follows some amazing build that none of us would want to live in anyway, but, you know, it always goes over budget and all the rest of it. We've also had a Grand Designs Australia and Grand Designs New Zealand. Well, this morning, I want to bring to you Grand Designs Ancient Israel. And Grand Designs Ancient Israel is brought to you from 1 Kings chapter 6 and 7. If you want to read the detail of the build, I suggest you go back and read those two chapters, but we won't read them this morning. Before we get into the build and talking about the build, it's helpful to understand a little bit of the background. Now, we've got to go back to the story of Exodus, the story of Moses, when he led the people of Israel out of Egypt into their own land, their promised land. And for 40 years, they were wandering in a desert before they got to their own land. And during that 40-year period, God instructed Moses... I'll take that away. That probably gives you a better view if you're watching online. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. So for, God gave Moses instructions on how to build what was called a tabernacle. It was a large tent, a place where people could come to meet with God. It was also a place where they housed the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant held things that reminded people of God's promises to them and his goodness to them. So the tabernacle was really the place where people came to meet God, with God and reminded them of God. Fast forward 480 years, Solomon just has just taken um, the throne of Israel in their own land now. And the first thing he wants to do is replace that tent, that tabernacle, with a more permanent structure. Well, why is that important to us here in the, in the um, in 20, well, moving to 2022 now? Why do we know, need to know about that? Well, the first reason is that everything in the Old Testament, including every story in Kings, is always pointing towards Jesus. And it's our relationship with Jesus that's in view. We can learn from Solomon and his relationship with God as we think about our own relationship with Jesus. So it's worth thinking about um, and hearing Solomon's story and and the story of this build. Now, this build was in two phases. The first phase was, yes, the temple. It was the place to meet God. It replaced the tabernacle with a permanent structure. Now, you've got to get a bit of an idea of the size of this temple. So the temple was 60 
cubits long. So if we straighten out St John's, we'd have to get permission from the wardens. But if we straighten out St John's here, it's the length is 60 cubits. The width is 20 cubits and the height is 30 cubits. That helpful? Not really, is it? How long's a cubit? I've had people ask me all week, how long's a cubit? Well, a cubit goes from your elbow to the top of your, your fingers. It's sort of helpful, but still not really. We can't get precise measurements of the temple because, well, whose arm are we talking about? We don't know whether it was a short arm or a long arm or, or exactly what, um, who was doing the measurement here. But we get a kind of an idea. So if you think, have a look at, first of all, the next slide, Ella, that gives the measurements compared, oh, sorry, the one before. Have a look at the tabernacle and the temple measurements there. What do you notice about that? So the temple measurements were exactly twice the size of the tabernacle. The layout of the temple was exactly the same as the tabernacle, just twice the size. So anyone coming into Jerusalem, looking at the temple, would have known, oh, that's a place to meet with God. They were familiar with the, temple, the tabernacle. What does it look like in, for us? What can we compare it to? Well, think about a 25-metre swimming pool. I hope your kids have been able to get to the pools. Think about that pool, the water part, and add the cement path around it, and you've probably got roughly the size of the main part of the temple. It's pretty small, small as temples go. At the front of that was what was known as a portico, um, a, you know, an area where people could come to meet. There were two massive, really, really impressive columns out the front as well. And if you add the main part of the temple and the portico, it probably roughly fit into this room in St John's. So it's another 10 cubits out the front. Inside the temple, up one end, up the other end from the portico, was a room that was set aside for that Ark of the Covenant, the, the things that reminded people of God. It was about 10 cubits by 10 cubits, and it was closed off to everybody except the high priest who went in once a year. Down the side of the temple, on the outside, there was three stories of storage rooms. Now, it didn't impinge into the temple, so you couldn't, there was no internal access. It was just along the side, so it made the whole thing seem a little bit bigger. All up, if we looked at the floor space of the temple, and compared it to the overall floor space of St John's, you know, we've got extra storage rooms and a hall out the back and a foyer. We're probably pretty comparable in floor space. Now, this was a dream build as far as the neighbours were concerned. The whole thing was made of stone, um, and, but there was no noise on site. All the chiselling, all the noise happened down at the quarry and then the stones were built and just placed on each other because this was going to be a place where you come to meet God. So there was not going to be the noise just to disrupt them. Well, I said this, phase, this building was in two phases. Two phases. The first phase was a place to meet God and the second phase was a place people could come to meet the king. 
The first part of that build was a hall of justice. Now this hall of justice was 100 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Take a look at the measurements compared to the temple. What do you notice? It's not quite, but it's nearly double the size of the temple. So Solomon uh, built a, that was just where people could come to meet him if they had a matter they needed to discuss with the king. Behind that hall of justice, Solomon also built his own living quarters, his own little palace, and then another smaller palace for his first wife, the daughter of Pharaoh. So the whole complex was quite large. So the build for himself drew a lot of attention to himself, more attention than the temple, if you'd compare the sizes of the two. Solomon wanted people to see him as a great king. Now, at the end of every Grand Designs program, they ask the builders a few questions. First one is, well, was it worth it all? It's usually, there's usually problems going on. Well, God was very pleased with this build, the temple build. And he said to, to Solomon, if Solomon and people of Israel kept all the commands that he had given them, he would honour the promise he had made to David, Solomon's father. So what was that promise? Well, the promise was that there would always be someone on the throne from Solomon's family. So Solomon's son would become king after him. And that he, his descendant would reign forever. Well, we see the fulfilment of that promise in Jesus Christ. Jesus was the son of David. He was from that lineage. But he is the, he is the, the king that reigns forever. God also promised that he would not abandon his people, and he certainly hasn't. Well, the second question you always ask the builders on, on grand design is, well, what about the budget? Did you go over budget or did you stick to budget? Well, as far as Solomon was concerned, no expense was spared. The temple was used the best of craftsmen. If there wasn't someone in Israel who knew how to do the bronze work or whatever well, they'd import somebody from outside. They used the very best of timber. Inside the temple, the whole thing, floor, ceiling, walls, was all lined with the best of timber and then again overlaid with gold. The dazzled, absolutely dazzled. The furnishings in the temple were made from bronze and from gold. And Solomon's temple wasn't much different. There probably wasn't as much gold around, but the best of timbers and the furnishings were all dazzling. Solomon gave the very best he could for God and for himself. Another question that gets asked of the builder is, well, um, would you do it again? And what about that temple? Well, maybe back then Solomon would have said, oh, yeah, I'd do it again. But if we asked Solomon today, he'd say, well, no, there's no need to do it again. You see, Jesus has done away with that old system that the temple represented, the old way of worshipping. The old way of worshipping involved an old covenant or an old set of promises with God. Now we have a new covenant and a new set of promises with God. At Jesus' death, the curtain, that main big curtain that was at the doorway into that holy part where only the high priest could go, that was torn in two. 
so that we can now enter into God's presence and meet with him ourselves. Solomon might have had a few second thoughts about that palace, though. It took a lot longer than planned. See, the temple took seven years to build, and the palace took 13 years. And there's a really telling word in the middle, as we transition from chapter 6 in 1 Kings to chapter 7 in 1 Kings, that tells us that that's not okay, that it took longer for Solomon to build his own house, his own um, a building that would attract people to himself. So we, we see that it took seven years to build the temple. However, it took 13 years to build the palace. It always takes longer in grand designs. But it wasn't okay that Solomon spent more time on himself than on his relationship with God. And later on that would come to bite. Um, Solomon started his reign well with building a magnificent temple, a place to worship God, and his relationship with God at that point was really strong. But it began, began to slide very quickly um, with the focus on himself and drawing attention to himself. Later in Solomon's reign, he um, turned from worshipping God to worshipping other gods from other countries. Um, and his relationship was really damaged. But it started with that very slippery slide of just turning his attention to himself. Well, at this time of the year, at the beginning of the year, um, we often uh, take time to reflect on what our commitments should be for the new year. Um, and I would suggest that, like Solomon, at the beginning of his reign, that we take time to think about our commitment to God. Let's first of all make the, most, the, the priority in our life our relationship with God and our, our meeting with God. But like Solomon, let's recognise that it's very easy to get distracted with ourselves and what's important for us and drawing attention to ourselves. Today we live in an I world where I, myself, me, are considered to be the most important. It's very easy to get distracted and focused on ourselves, to draw attention to ourselves because that's what everybody else does. But keeping our relationship with God strong and keeping that as our first priority is the healthiest thing we can do for ourselves and the best thing we can do at the beginning of the year. There's been one verse that's um, come back to both challenge me and encourage me throughout my life, and that's John 3, verse 30. At this point, uh, back in the New Testament, uh, as Jesus was beginning his ministry, um, John the Baptist had been uh, baptising people and, and calling people to repentance in preparation for Christ um, commencing his ministry. But John the Baptist's disciples were quite perturbed when they noticed that the people who were coming to see John were now going to see Jesus and the attention was taken off John and focusing on Jesus. And when they discussed this with John, his response was, no, he must become greater and I must become less. And that's been a challenge um, throughout my life, that Christ, Jesus, must become greater in my life and I must become less. Like Solomon, let's make meeting God a priority in our lives. Let's make our relationship with God a priority in our lives um, 
as we, and let's make Jesus become greater in our lives. But like Solomon, let's watch out for the, folk, the, the things that can draw our focus from Jesus and focus ourselves. Make sure that we become less and Christ becomes greater in our lives. That's my, my prayer for you as we begin this new year. And I'd like to pray for us all now um, as we consider Solomon's example. Lord, we do confess that it's so easy to get distracted from you and our relationship with you and to focus our attention on ourselves and things that build ourselves up and draw attention to ourselves. We pray for your forgiveness and we just ask that as we come into this new year that Jesus would become greater in our lives and we would become less, that our relationship with you would be strengthened as we move into this new year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.